So, a couple of weeks ago, we've been, as we've been traveling through and, and, and learning just about whatever God's speaking of, uh, we were going to Lubbock and God just, I wasn't really thinking anything, and God just started speaking. He was like, started bringing the verses in Corinthians that all can prophesy and that I desire more than tongues that you would prophesy and all stuff like that. And, and I was like, okay, Lord. And he's going, I'm talking about this in your, you know, at the revival house. And he says, you know, you, you're, learning, you're learning the evangelistic stuff. You're, you're learning this stuff. But it's now start to, to have the five-fold ministry. You've got to bring in the prophets and you've got to bring in this community. And you have to move in this direction. And, and it, there's so much stuff, just weird things. Like one morning I woke up, just things that God just started confirming. I woke up one morning and, and he was like, you need to buy a book. Okay, what book should I buy? And then he kind of gave me some direction on it and whatnot. Bought the book Wednesday morning, and I got it Thursday morning. I know, right? That never happens. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm hearing you. Anyways, and then just lots of little things of like the prophets in my life coming to me, and they're like finally coming out of their caves and stuff like that, you know. But, uh, and, all, and God's orchestrating this thing. And then, like, it, it was that same week that Abby texts me and goes, Hey, how about Allison comes and speaks to us? And she's done lots of stuff with prophecy and words of knowledge and everything. And I'm like, you don't have a clue that that's what I'm, God's talking to me about right now. And so I said, heck yeah, I want her to come. And then she came and it was really good. And we got to do hands-on stuff yesterday or, or uh, last week. And, um, and so it's God's, I believe that, it, it, we are on this, this journey that God's got us on. I really believe what it is, is that, I mean, our goal is to go, okay, the Word says we need the five-fold ministry, and we have to learn to function with each other. You know, apostle, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, all these things. And that's how you actually have the complete body of Christ, and that's how He comes into the full, fullness, and, and that He empowers His people. And so... I believe that God has actually got us on this journey and he's going to like introduce, okay, you got to learn how to this to work and you got to learn to work together and you got to do this. And maybe we'll go to the next step and these other things. But for the moment, God is talking about prophecy and the prophets and he's leading us in that direction, right? And so that's actually kind of what I'm going to teach on here. I don't know until, I don't know until God says stop. I don't really know. I don't have a, a plan. The last time I made a plan, God threw it out the window, so I don't do that anymore. Um, but I want to talk about, I'm going to get some Bible verses so you can get your Bible ready. Got your Bible? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Might want to mark it down. So let me just kind of build the foundation and then I'm actually going to kind of hit on what God is talking about tonight. So, it says that, well, let me just do the basic ones. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul's talking, he says, For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And then uh, earlier in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. 
He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish all of you spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with a tongue, unless indeed he interprets that, that the church may receive edification. So that's kind of a long thing. But Paul is saying, and I have to make the note, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. I remember uh, learning that they actually inserted gifts in there. In the original text, it's not spiritual gifts, it's just the spiritual And so Paul's saying to the Corinthians, because they were very spiritual and they were doing all these things and they were pretty out there on stuff. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant on the spiritual. He wasn't saying he wasn't actually going like, oh, wait, yeah, he's talking about I want you to understand the spirit realm and how it works. And obviously you guys are functioning it, but you don't know how it works. And then that's for later. He goes on. He talks about that, you know, one has the gift of healing, but it's of the same spirit, and one has tongues, and it's the same spirit. And what he's trying to get is that the Corinthians were from the Greek culture, that there were many different gods, and they thought it was a god of healing, and they thought it was, like, but still with Yahweh, a god of, you know, prophecy. And so they were, like, separating into their groups. And he's going, no, 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 it's all the same spirit, and I need you guys to understand the spiritual. Uh, So... And, but when Holy Spirit comes, he, he works in these ways and it's like gifts. And so gifts is actually a pretty good insert to put in there to help us understand, but it just may not be originally in there. And I want to say, make the definition that this doesn't devalue tongues. I've had, a, I've got, you know, I had two teachings on the importance of tongues, how everybody can speak in tongues, and that, that is extremely important for our life and that Jesus wants us all to have that. But we're focusing on prophecy. Um, and so there's the verse, it's in Joel 2:28, and then it also is quoted in Acts. And it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And it's also quoted in Acts when the Holy Spirit comes. Like right there, it just says, I'm going to pour out my spirit and you're going to prophesy. He didn't say there's going to be a few superheroes, peak Christians that can prophesy. He says, I want you all to prophesy because I'm going to pour out my spirit on all of you. And a lot of people go, you know, and it says, and in Acts, they actually say in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Well, here's the deal. I believe that when, and Caleb, I, I said this the other day and Caleb had to get me to define it. Uh, because a lot of people don't think of it this way, but uh, I believe when Jesus died and when the Holy Spirit was poured out, that was the beginning of the last days. Because, and I forgot to uh, write them down because I forgot, but in, uh, what is it, 2 Timothy? I bet you got it. I sent tell the whole text. In Timothy, Paul is talking to Timothy about, okay, in the last days, there's going to be people and they're going to say all these things and do all this stuff. And, but they're going to be in sin. Don't have anything to do with them. Second Timothy, three. Second Timothy 3. Go read it. But what he's saying is, Timothy, he said, in the last days, there's going to be these people. Don't get in with them. So he's giving Timothy a today, right now, as if this is a, a spiritual, or as a guidance. But he says, in the last days, assuming... 
that he's already in the last days. And then also in, um, oh, he put his phone away. There's another verse. I think it's in Romans. Anyways, when you read the way Paul spoke, and you even, uh, and when you read how they talk about it in Acts, it's saying the moment the Holy Spirit came and he started pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And that was the beginning of the last days. And that we have been in that. It, the last days is not some, oh, that's going to come or whatever. I mean, there is that. But he's actually saying, it's now. My spirit is being poured out right now. And I can define that better if I had the verses, but I forgot to get those. Um, and then, and so he's saying, dude, I want, I want all, Paul is saying, I want all you guys to prophesy. Joel, hundreds of years before Jesus, said God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. So also I wanted to say that he's saying in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and you're all, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will have visions and stuff like that. That means if we have any idea or eschatology that does not include God pouring out his spirit mightily on his people and us stepping into our calling, then we have an incorrect eschatology, which is basically a belief in the last days. Because what you see a lot of people is they're like, oh, it's gonna, they'll take that verse from Timothy and they'll go, it says that people are going to get bad and everything's going to get terrible and that means that's when Jesus is coming back. Okay, well, that's depressing, right? That's really depressing. And all you need for Jesus to come back is for things to get really bad. And all we have to do is hide away in our Christian holes and Jesus will just come back and save us because we're defeated, evidently. But he's saying, no, in the last days, you're going to know it because I'm going to pour out my spirit. That needs to be our compass for what he's doing. And he says, I'm coming back for a pure and holy bride. So he's saying, I'm not coming back because the world's getting bad. I'm coming back because I'm pouring out my spirit and my bride looks like me. Right? So we need to equate that the end days and him actually returning is that he's pouring out his spirit. That's good. That is good news for us. And lastly, this is why. Okay, so you may be like, okay, yeah, this is good. Prophecy, blah, blah, blah. I think there's, God has put a special gift on it. In 2 Chronicles 2020, it says, let me read you this. It says, They rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Listen to this. Believe your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. God specifically put a gifting upon his prophets that you would prosper when they're around because you would realize what God is saying. So, in one, I, I, I kind of jokingly, whenever I'm talking to people, I jokingly make this, when I talk about that verse, I go, see, God made the prophets with this valuable thing that we would prosper when they're around because the rest, he made it where they were so valuable, valuable that the rest of the church would have to go out there and pull them out of their caves and give them to come back 
and stop being so weird and bring them in. And so he had to put a price on their head so that we'd go get them. It's kind of a joke, but I think it's also maybe a little bit of truth with it. A lot of times prophets are like, I need no man. I just hear the voice of God. So they hide out. They just go off into the wilderness and whatever. And wow, great, you know. But God's saying, dude, if you listen to them, you're going to prosper. And so the rest of us need to learn. We actually need, just like he says, desire spiritual gifts. That wording actually means to honest, earnestly lust after them. Like desire them, passionately want them. He's saying, guys, this is not like rewards for how good you are. They're gifts. You need to desire them. And you need the prophets in your, you need to be with the prophets and you need the prophets because you're going to prosper with them. And I don't believe that like, oh yeah, we need them because we'll be prosperous. But I mean that in the very sense of that God has put a special gifting upon them and we need them. Now, we need, we need uh, pastors and uh, evangelists and apostles and teachers, you know, just as much. But, but God has put a special thing there. And so, when you read all that, when you go, wow, Paul says we should honestly desire this. And wow, in the Old Testament, they're saying you'll be blessed with them. And, and we should, you know, desire spiritual gifts. And we're all supposed to prophesy. That's a lot. Like, we need to be checking this out then. That, that, if, when I read that, at least, I go, I really need this. I need to, I can't ignore this. I can't just skim over it. A lot of the church has gotten weirded out by the prophets because they have been weird. And that's something that needs to be kind of, reined in a little bit but God's saying dude like you need this this is important so the reason that he goes all of you guys are to prophesy it's not like ooh, some weird like thing that's why I liked Allison's thing so much last week is it wasn't like crazy weird out there it was just like okay guys we're all gonna line up and you're just going to go, Lord, what do you want to say? And whatever it is, say, then you turn around and give it to the person. Like, it was so straightforward. It was so easy. It wasn't weird. But God showed up, and God spoke, and God gave things, and it was really cool, right? And so, and that's what Paul is saying. All, what it is, is you're going, God, what are you saying about any situation? Whether it's a person, whether it's a situation, whether it's something what is God speaking? What is he saying? And when you hear what he's saying and you speak those things and you recognize the truth, you actually release grace and empowerment to the people or to persons and situations that was not previously there. You actually, pro- you, can, you can prophesy something, you can foretell something, or you can foretell something. Foretell is seeing and God showing the future of, hey, this is what's coming. That doesn't mean it has to be bad. It can just, you know, that, hey, this good thing is coming. Or God's like, they need a special grace for this next season they're going into. I need you to prophesy to them and forth tell what they need for this season. And because that's what he's actually calling us into is when we speak what he speaks. When he speaks, he creates. And so when we say what he is saying, it carries the same authority. That being laid that foundation... Now, as I move into this next thing, I want us all to start with this foundational thought. Maybe, like, write it down, say it to yourself, something. And that is, God is always speaking. You got that locked away? 
God is always speaking. The question is, how is he speaking and how am I listening? You see, you know, if you say, well, you know, I can't hear God or God doesn't talk to me. This is not a volume issue. This is a connection issue. Because, like, if I'm talking on a phone with somebody and they're cutting out and I can't hear them, and if I just yell louder, it ain't going to make a difference. It's not a volume issue. So I need a better connection. And so, God is always speaking. The question is, are we going to tune in to those waves? I see, I see it as radio waves. God's always, God's got... God's got desires for nations. God, God's got desire for countries and cities and towns and people and churches and all these things. He's got his heart and a desire for these things. And he's saying things. And the question is, are we actually going to tune into those radio waves and go, what are you saying then? So, start with that foundation of, it's not, well, God's not speaking. Now, yes, there's maybe moments that we feel like God is not speaking because he changes the way his language is or we change the way he, we're listening, we, like different seasons of our life, he's going to communicate differently. It's not a robotic, oh, this is bam, 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 this is how you do it. But he's always speaking. He is always speaking. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and is called the comforter and teacher and that he will guide us into all truth. That means he's always ready to teach and guide and direct us. He's always speaking. So this week, um, I've just—I was telling—I told it was—I told Shay about it. I was—I uh, was walking and praying one night this week, and I just felt like I wasn't supposed to say anything. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to walk in complete silence. I don't know, just maybe if he wants to say something, he can say something. Or if we just want to walk together in silence, we'll just walk together in silence. I just, I didn't feel like I was supposed to say stuff. Like, I got lots of stuff I could say, but I wasn't going to say it. So I'm just walking in total silence, just kind of enjoying his presence. I felt his presence, but it wasn't like, oh. But, you know, I was just enjoying it. And all of these, all of these thoughts kept coming to my mind. And not like, oh, bad, sinful thoughts. Just information and like, ideas and and like even like videos that I've watched like the segments or songs and just popping into my mind and I'm just like and it's all that stuff that I had listened to watched experienced whatever just like bam bam you know coming in I'm like god I just remember thinking to myself I've got too much content in my brain right now I've got too much information in here I just got it's there's just so much crammed in here there's not enough room for god and that may seem kind of funny, but I was just like kind of frustrated. And I remember I came home and I told Shay exactly that thing. I'm like, like, think about how much information I'm cramming in my brain every single day, you know? And, and I really, I, had, I started thinking about it and processing it. I said, all right, take a person a few hundred years ago, whatever, no internet, not, you know, not this connection. You get up in the morning you get around, you receive information from your environment that you, you see and you acknowledge and you recognize, and you're like, okay, that's that. 
And maybe if you have a book or whatever you can read and you, you take in some information, you take in some content there, and then maybe if you go and, you know, your morning coffee with people and they tell you stories and stuff, so you take information there and you go about your day or whatever. And like before TV, before all this stuff, you go home and like, that's a very minimal amount. I get up and I can hop on Facebook and I can read news articles from all around the world and see exactly what's going on around the world and everything that's going on and I can see other people's situations other stuff like that and then I can go uh, I go to work and everybody else has got the same content con connection and so they're they're spewing their stuff and I can watch TikTok and I can watch YouTube and I can watch Facebook and I can do all this stuff and then I can see the news and I can watch TV and I'm cramming so much information in I'm like god there's just too much there's just too much crap in there <laughs> And, and I told Shay, I'm like, it, I, I'm like, sometimes I just feel like I need to change my information diet. And truthfully, as a culture today, and I'm not saying, oh, we have to all become hermits because then we'll hear the Lord. I, I'm not talking about that. But I am saying that I'm like, I cram so much stuff in there. Maybe I just need to make some room for him. Right? And it, it was funny, I watched a TED talk about a guy who went off of he had no media for of any, no TV, no phone for uh, a whole month. He could only have 30 minutes a day. And that included music, that included emails, that included GPS, like 30 minutes, period, dot, end. And he talked about it. He says it's literally like going on a diet. Your brain is used to consuming that much. And it's like you're starving it and it freaks out, right? And I've done that. You know, when we go on like media fast or something, at first you're like, what is wrong with me? And, and he talked about how actually your brain adapts to it and you get better and then like just having, and he says then he just wanted to see what boredom would do to his brain and so he allowed like an hour a day of total boredom, like nothing. Like sometimes it was, he says literally, to make it as bored as I could, I read the terms and conditions on the iTunes uh, page. It's page, and he says it's the most boring thing ever. But it was just allowing his brain to slow down. And I, and I was just like contemplating this all week and thinking about this and the Lord was just, and I, I can't, he was just talking to me about different things. And essentially it was, if, if we want to be a prophetic community, there has to be, there's going to have to be a change somehow. I mean, we can't, we can't live both lives, right? Is that the solution is limit input and increase connection. And I wrote this down, I was thinking about it today, is some people want to have the ministry of a person with connection, but a lifestyle of one without any. Let me read, like, I feel like that's, that, that spoke to me, is that some people want to have the ministry of a person with connection, but a lifestyle of one without any. Is that we're going, wow, I love how this person ministers and I love this person, or maybe I just love how this person is so positive in their lifestyle, or oh, maybe I just love what this happens when this person comes in, or oh man, that person is connecting themselves to a life source. And if you want to walk in that kind of way, and if you want to kind of have that ministry or that lifestyle, you can't still live the life that you're living. You can't cram all that crap in there. You can't spend all that time. You, you have to decide at what point of your day are you actually going to pave a way for his connection and for his voice.
We have to pave a way for his voice. If we expect it to just boom and like, all right, I'll give you three seconds right now, God. Tell me everything I need to know and so I can move on with my information. That's, that's not right, right? And I'm not saying, or, you know, and there's some people that take this really far and they cut out everything. They're totally disconnected from the world and they're just weird. And I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? I'm saying, okay, like realistically, if, this, if God is a person and this is a relationship just as any other human, I have to make time for my wife. I have to decide what I'm going to do and not do. And I have to turn things off and pay attention and do stuff like that. It's the same way with God. And so there has to be, if we actually, I believe that God wants us to be a prophetic community and a, a hearing community. But that means we have to actually pave a way for his voice. And so, and what that does is paving a way for his voice in the beginning, you kind of have to try harder. Because in the beginning, you're not as good at hearing his voice because maybe it's just your thoughts, maybe it's just your mind, maybe it's, maybe it's demonic stuff or whatever. How do you tell? In the beginning, it's harder. And so you actually have to try harder. And so it takes more concentration and more time. But that's why you actually have to pave a way for it, press into that stuff. And it... And then it, it becomes easier. And so no longer do you have to get absolutely quiet and get everything organized. Like this is, okay, so here's a habit. I'm a little better about it now. But back in the day, like when I was in my room, I would, usually it was at night, I would, I'd, I'm like, you know, I made it, I was going to pray or whatever. And then there was a time that I'm like, okay, absolute 30 minute. Like I put a timer on my phone, not looking at it until it goes off kind of thing. This is my time with God. I, I would like get it. And then I'm like, ah, nah, I got to clean my room. Like there's some things. And like I had to get everything sorted out because everything had to be just right so that I could actually commune with him. You know, like I had to, okay. And then I get it to a place where I'm happy and I'm like, okay, yeah, now I can focus. And that was me paving the way for the environment for him and I to connect. And as I did it more, I, I connected more and it became easier and I recognized his voice. And now I could be walking down this busy street and I could hear him talk to me about somebody on the other side of the street. All these things going on and I can actually, I, not always, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but, you know, better than I was, that I'm able to walk down the street or I'll be walking through the grocery store and I see somebody and I go, what are you saying about them, God? And he could start speaking to me. I couldn't do that in the beginning because I couldn't, I couldn't, there was too much stuff. So I actually had to pave a way for his voice. Is my water over there? Can you get my water, please? Um, and so when you, when, you, uh, when you pave a way in your personal life for his voice, you take, you take that and you experience that, and then when you go out, you take a risk, right? It's not going to be like, all right, I have practiced enough that I am 100% sure as I'm standing in Walmart that I'm supposed to say this thing to this person or in church or whatever. No. You practice. You learn to discern his voice maybe. And then in other situations, you take a risk and you go for it. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Okay? So... Let me kind of segue this. This is, what I, this is actually what I'm really excited about. So, 
on our journey to hear God, to prophesy and to say what he's saying and then listen to these things, just like personalities, all right? There's so many different personalities, but you can kind of break them down into there's this personality type and this personality type, but nobody's the same, right? So we can't put God in a box either. And the spirit, the physical often reveals the spiritual, right? And so a lot of times there, it's working in both. So you have like personality and you have this stuff. So the way that we hear and the way that we discern is different for people. I did not learn this till just recently, and it makes a lot of things make sense. And so, and, may, and I think we kind of subconsciously know this, but I think it's good for us to actually nail this down, is that there's different discernment types of people, of just how people think and function. And if we understand that, I think it actually clears up a lot. So let me go through them. There's four of them. You might want to write it down. It's really good. There is the knower or the intuitive one. Right? So, it's kind of like dealing with these people, and I would say I function a little bit in this, is that they're just like, you know how some people, they're like, oh, I went and did this thing or whatever, and you're like, did God tell you to do that? Well, I just knew I was supposed to do it. You know? It's not, it's not emotions, it's not feelings, it's just, they're just like, they have this they know that they need to do something. And maybe they don't have total direction, but they're just like, and they, a lot of times, uh, there's this definition. It says you might know you're supposed to do something or go somewhere, but lack a word or encounter to support the impression. It's just, and I like actually the word impression. Like God kind of speaks through impressions and you're just like, this is what I sense. A lot of people use that word as well. Impression or uh, intuitive thing. They know or they sense. They're like, I sense that I'm supposed to do this thing or whatever. They don't have a word from God. They don't have a Bible verse. They don't, they're just like, and I've had those experiences where I'm just like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this thing. And I don't know why. And I'm not saying that everyone's like, bam, you only function this way. But a lot of times you're going to have the way that works best for you. And so that's kind of the way you function. So there's the knower intuitive one. Then there's the hearer, they, and that is the maybe the most, everybody thinks in that way, or that's like the most commonly like expected thing, and that is they're the most likely to hear God saying specific things. Maybe it's a verse or a phrase that comes to mind. Um, this is kind of the classic play-by-play. -play. You hear God's voice, he said to do this, that's what you do. I function in that a lot. That's kind of the way I am. I'm just like... God just, he'll bring Bible verses to me and he'll just speak things to me and like, and it's like in your mind thoughts, but it's him speaking, right? And then there is the seer and they're the visionary. Uh, God gives them visions for life, but sometimes they struggle with the details of life because they have a big picture that may take a lifetime to accomplish. They're, they have the big vision kind of thing, but also even when ministering that you'll hear people talk about that a lot they're like i got a picture or i have this i see this thing or when i see or you'll hear them when i see you i see this thing and and it's all about seeing it's very they're very image based and some people 
And, and again, I think everyone will kind of function in all of them at times, just because oh, I think Holy Spirit likes to have fun like that. Let's not put them in a box, right? And sometimes I've had that where like, wow, I have an intense image, but that's not my go-to, you know? That's like sometimes, but it's not, that's not my go-to. That may be somebody else's. And then the last one is the feeler. Is that often they are given an emotion by God, usually so that they can partner with God to intercede for people or situations or something like that. And I, I don't know if I can go as far to say as I think you're, you mostly function in the feeler thing, right? Yeah, the vision, and that's kind of my thought. So, I am absolutely not the feeler. (laughs) For the feeler? Feeler is often given an emotion by God, usually so that you can partner with God to intercede for people or your family or etc. So, they, and this... This made so much sense to me when I finally learned this. I was like, oh, oh, that's actually how they discern his voice. They literally have feelings. Like, <laughs> I know, I know that sounds heartless of me, but it's like, no, it's like, because I'm like, I get it. Like, oh, like, you kind of got this sensing. No, like, I have this emotion. Emotion? How do you know that's not just you, you know? And so, and, but... Uh, that's why it was so, that's why it was so hard, that's why dad and I never, I could never understand, and that, it's true, it's totally true, actually, dad would be like, you know, I have, the, like, the, he gets this feeling, and then he, he's like, oh, I feel this, and he's very emotional about it, and all this stuff, and these, you know, and I'm like, but can you define what he said? I'm like, what exactly did God say? And I'm like, oh, I feel that, what? What? You feel? And I'm like, what did, what, like, what principle are you working off of? Or what, what are you supposed to do? And, and I don't function in that way. And so I didn't understand that. And I didn't understand emotion. You're actually, you're, wait, you, like I feel so strongly for, the, for this person. So you like the guy. <laughs> That's okay. But no, actually that you're feeling God's emotions towards that person. And that is your indicator that you're supposed to pray into something for that person. Essentially, yeah, we discern, but all of these discernment types are our compasses. They are actually what directs us in the direction that God has. They are our spiritual compass. And so like the feeler that I I understand a little bit when they started to describe that, and I think at times the feelers can get ran over in the body of Christ and um, maybe they aren't as valued because the, pro- the thing is this, with every different spiritual compass that you have, you're going to have an issue of discerning which is which. So like the hearer, the person who hears, how do you know that's your mind or that's God's voice? You got to learn the 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 intuitive knower person. How do you know? How do you know it wasn't just some pizza that you ate last night? You know, the seer. You just got a weird imagination. You're imagining that crap, and the feeler. You're just emotional. You just need to take a nap. You know, all of them have their 
their weak points and all of them have their problems and that's where that person and that's why you have to pave a way and you have to get in there and you have to practice and you have to go okay this is how i hear lord i need to learn what is exactly what does it feel like for you what is it here what is a what do you sound like what do you feel like what is what is what is the the feeling that I have in this intuitive thing or you know what is this emotion and how is this different from other emotions where does it lead me you know we every single person is on their own journey of having to discern and figure out and hone those things but understanding these four different things for other people will help us a lot too because one person may be like you know and the feeler they have this strong emotion towards this situation or this person and that what God is saying is, I want you to intercede and to pray for this thing. And so for them, they're like, man, I got this strong feeling or something like that. And for us who are hearers, we're like, okay, but what is God like? Are we supposed to do something with that? No, that feeling actually is the direction that you're supposed to pray into that. And for me as a hearer, that helps me that actually, that like if I'm in a group setting and somebody goes, man, I just, I feel this towards this person or I feel this, instead of me going, well, okay, I don't really know how to do that. That helps me to realize, oh, God is speaking to this person. We need to follow that. Or a person has this, oh, I see this thing. Okay, what does that mean for us right now? Like, are we supposed to actually, is that what he's doing? Is that what he wants to do? Something like that. You know, what is he saying? Maybe brings us to a Bible verse. Maybe, or maybe we just have, like, I just, you know, I sense that this is what's happening. And so, by all of us understanding that as a community, I think that will really help to understand these definitions. Because I don't believe that God wants superheroes. I believe he wants communities, bodies, whatever the word is that we use, right? Because for a long time, and, and God's shifting that, but, and we all know it, like there's the superhero prophets, right? They can get up there and give you your phone number and all this stuff like that and your birth date and all what. And, and it's amazing and God uses them powerfully. And I think we'll always kind of have those because God always wants to blow our minds and show us that we can go for greater things. So I think we're always going to have maybe some superhero people that we're like, whoa, but it's just widening our vision for what there could be more. But I don't believe that it's like, oh, let's all sit back and let the prophet be the prophet and come in and do all these cool things. And then when the prophet leaves, so does the prophecy. But in reality, where we become a prophetic community, where we are all functioning in our giftings and our discernments, and that we are all listening and moving with his voice and prophesying into that where it's an entire mindset, it's an entire community where everybody does it. Because you're going to have different people with different personalities. And often, so with the discernment types, when we prophesy, and this is something we need to understand, you are going to interpret God through your personality. That's not a bad thing. God gave you a personality for a reason. Right? If he didn't like you, he would have changed it. So you're actually, and so the word may be different through different people because their personality is going to come out. And that's okay because God wants diversity. 
we, but we, we have to also realize that we are going to interpret his voice. And I, and I don't want to jump off into a whole, there's a whole another thing I could jump off into of our wrong beliefs of God will also interpret when he's speaking and can come out in that way. Let's not dive into that right now, but understand that that's why you got to deal with your view of him because it's going to come out through your prophecy. And so I believe that he wants us to be a community in this and actually that we all function, that we all walk, and that we all do that way. And to kind of, kind of end with the last ending thought is that you know, in Ephesians, it talks about that there's the fivefold ministry for equipping the saints that we would grow into the fullness of Christ, okay? Obviously, prophecy and the office of a prophet is different. We're going to talk about that probably in the future. Is that there's office of a prophet, they're created, and they have a special grace that's upon them, and that's good because that we actually get to function underneath their grace, which is in empowerment to do that which we could not previously do but then Paul said all are supposed to prophesy so it's not just the prophet the office of the prophet is to equip the saints and the saints are actually supposed to work underneath all the grace of these people I don't know where I was going to go with that <laughs> um, I don't remember I was just going to talk about I was just going to kind of go are you talking about well, yes, I, I don't want to dive into that. Actually, no, I remember what I was going to do is that there's the office of the prophet and that's different, but you're going to have people with different giftings and so it's going to look different, right? So if I have a very evangelistic person, but all are supposed to prophesy, then their prophecy is actually going to be used in the evangelistic term. You see those people out on the streets and they're giving words of knowledge and they're doing stuff like that, right? To people that are unsaved and that's good and that's one of its purposes. And so they're going to be evangelistic prophetic. They're going to interpret the word through their perspective and their personality. But you have pastors that, and this is what was really cool. I remember, I don't know who it was, but you have a pastoring kind of person. And pastor doesn't mean the pastor of like the church that we understand nowadays where he does everything, but the pastor under the, under the that they're the, they create the family environment. They, they are about bringing people together and whatnot. And a lot of times you kind of see them as counselors and stuff like that. And that was one person. They said this person was kind of a very uh, pastoring type person, but they functioned in the prophetic. And a lot of times in their counseling sessions, they would be prophetically led and understand things and uh, even prophesy into stuff and like counseling sessions. And so they already knew what your problem was, but they had to lead you into it so that you would see it. And so they're actually using that gift in their way. And the apostles and the teachers and all this stuff, they're going to do that. And so you can't, what I, why I wanted to move this direction is you can't, say okay this is exactly how it has to be and this is how exactly how it has to look is that it's actually going to look very different but it's all going to move us towards the same direction and, and that's again for future weeks that we're going to dive into is that every time god speaks 
He creates, and every time God speaks, He's revealing what is inside that person's heart for what they were created for or the situation, right? It, I don't believe it's going, oh, you're living in sin and calling them out and being like, you know, terrible person, go fix your crap. It's actually like, that doesn't bring people to freedom. You know, that condemning people isn't actually what the prophets or the prophecy is created anymore. It says in the last days that Elijah will come back and he will restore the sons to fathers and fathers to sons and bring us into the spirit of reconciliation. And so that what, what we're supposed to do with, when we speak with the prophetic is that we are actually reconciling people back to God and back to their original callings. So if I'm speaking to a drug addict, they were created with a purpose, they were created with an identity, and they were created with a certain value. And by me coming to that person and saying, this is who you're created to be, this is what God says about you, I can actually give them the grace for them to live that out. I can release that to them. Because what I'm doing is I am digging up the gold that is inside them and I'm bringing it to the surface for them to see. The last thing is that it's set, when Paul is talking about why we need prophecy in the church, he says, when an unbeliever comes into your congregation and that you reveal the treasures of his heart, he will fall down and say, surely God is in this place. What, he, and what he's not saying is, all right, unbeliever comes in and you go, oh, you're living in sin and all this stuff. He is not going to fall on his face and say, oh, surely God's here. Everybody knows that. You can see that by looking at him. But what will make him go, whoa, is when you go, you know, you want to you know, you own a coffee shop. You were created to be a business leader. This is what God has for you and all this stuff. And that, it, that's inside their heart that nobody knows about. Maybe they don't even know, but you pull it to the surface and they go, well, only God could know that. Even Saul, before he was king, he did not want to be king. He, he had nothing to do with it. Samuel comes and he goes, dude, you're supposed to be king. Saul wasn't living like a king. Saul wasn't thinking like a king. Saul didn't want to be a king. He was hiding out back behind the wagons. But that was inside his heart. And he didn't even know it. And Samuel pulled it out and said, that's inside you. And there's a lot about Saul. He is very interesting. So, all that to be said, I believe that God is moving us towards this upward journey of us becoming a mindset of the prophetic, but we need to pave a way and open up our lives into this and understand how we discern and how we need to function in that. And that when that happens, it is a glorious, wonderful thing that will carry many more blessings than we can ever imagine.